Hello and a very warm welcome to episode 65 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. I'm your host Chris Laverick and on the show today we've got shout outs, Tim's takes, the thoughts and memories of longtime fans John Wills and Tom Newman on the sad passing of Mickey Westberg and of course the SBTS fan roundtable. Enjoy Hastings fans. And now over to the shout-outs. First shout-out is actually from me, and that is over to Adam Carter, Radio Carter as he's known. Adam's had a bit of a health scare. He's still in hospital, and as at time of recording this, I think he's getting out today. So it'll be great to see him on Saturday at Faversham, where I think they're used to going up, aren't they? Adam, I'm glad you're okay. This one's from Tim Reeves. This is a really special one for a special cause. So we've got to dig out the old Channel 4 racing music. This is the 10th Barry Gurr Memorial Race Day and it's on Thursday, May 19th at Linfield Park. Return coach fair, entrance race tickets, programme, raffle ticket and use of hospitality lounge, only 40 quid per person. Coaches leave 10.15 to 11am staggered. Return to Hastings by 7pm. The fourth coach is now booking, so contact Tim Reeves on 07-985-772-174 if you're interested. And remember, all proceeds go to St. Michael's Hospice. Get your name down. And now over to Tim's Takes on a very comfortable away day at New Haven. I've just returned from a very chilly New Haven and there were plenty of goals to make up for Saturday's nil-nil draw with Haywards Heath and our women's team won 8-0 in the end after really scoring a lot of goals in the in, towards the end of the second half. Convincing win, we're 3-0 up at half time and finishing our 8-0 means that we're consolidated our second place in the women's league table and we're now only two points behind Acorns who are still on top but we've got that game in hand on them. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to win our last two games to confirm our promotion. So we're keeping our fingers crossed for that. Even though New Haven lost 8-0, they played quite well for a lot of the game and they just faded a bit towards the end. And it was 3-0 at half time. We'd got an early goal from one of our usual sources from a Georgia Tibble corner which caused a bit of chaos in defence and I think one of their defenders headed the goal in. We got our second goal when Molly Hill was on hand to pick up a slight mistake from the New Haven goalkeeper and when she fumbled and dropped the ball and, and Molly slammed it home and our third goal was scored from a lovely left foot finish from Sean Heather, who turned and, and hit the ball into the far corner, which was a very good goal. 3-0 half-time. We made a few changes at half-time, where we took off our our left-sided forward, Nicole Baitup, and Rebecca Ralph, our captain, moved up front, and we brought on Lawrence Sharp to play at left-back. Yeah, we continued to play well. New Haven created a few chances. We had a few scares at the back, but uh, they couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Whereas we were very good at doing that in the second half. We brought on a midfield player, Mia Highland, and she came on to take the place of Megan Critchfield. And she got two goals and played very well. And we brought on the youthful Holly Carter, who did a good job in, in defence alongside the ever-defendable Sophie Reed? She took the place of Rosie Muggeridge, so we, we kept their forwards out. Mia Highland, as I say, got two goals, and Claire Johnson, who was as industrious as ever on the right, yeah, she finished um, at a far post for a goal. We also got a goal from Rebecca Ralph, who fired home a left-footed shot. I hope I got all the goal scorers in. I know we, it was eight. I had a slight technical hitch at New Haven in that I dropped my crucial pencil down the back of the main stand, so wasn't able to keep as close a check on things as I normally do. But luckily, the ever-dependable supporter, Phil Donaldson, was there, who was able to lend me various bits of equipment to keep in touch. 
No, it was a good win for the ladies. The, we've got, they've got to go to Welling next week where three points are essential again and they follow that up with a game against Bexhill and Meridian. So let's hope they keep winning and let's hope our men's team get those points at Faversham next Saturday. All the best, Tim. And now over to the thoughts of first Tom Newman and then Johnny Wells on Mickey Westberg. Right then, it gives me great pleasure to have Tom Newman on the podcast, long-time fan of Hastings United. Tom, just quickly, how long have you been following the U's? Yeah, well, I, I, I've been following the U's since uh, about 1979 when I joined the club as a groundsman uh, under the then-manager Peter Sillett, so I've been following the U's uh, Quite a number of years now. It's a great pleasure to have Tom on, who's an absolute uh, super fan of the club. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking in um, unfortunate terms because a long-time fan favourite, Mickey Westberg, uh, has unfortunately passed away. And um, for, the, for the podcast this week, trying to get a few bits and pieces together about Mickey so others can know, because anyone around that era that followed the U's would have enjoyed his, his passionate performances. But us newbies... We're not going to know. We're not going to know him like you lot do. So please, um, your, your, your thoughts on Mickey? Yeah, well, I think my first thought was um, his character. He was—he was only a, a short guy, but he, you know, he's in stature. But he was very sort of large in spirit, and he always gave a hundred percent. He was what you call probably a tenacious midfielder. Not really dirty, but tenacious. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he, he, he possessed a thunderbolt shot that uh, scored quite a few goals for the U's in my time there. I found him a very affable character. I mean, I knew, I, I got to know him and his family quite well through through the uh, the six years I did know him. And I know he was in his second spell at United after uh, he left to join, I think it was Guildford City back in the mid seventies. And mm. Peter Sillett brought him back uh, in nineteen seventy nine, and uh, that's uh, that's when I met him. I was also lucky to uh, meet him on a few occasions when I was in London. He worked at a place called Hayes Wharf, which is on the River Thames. And we used to meet up uh, when I was in London for a drink in a local pub and chew the fat a little bit there. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, you know, I got, I got to know him quite well in, in the short space of time he was at the club in the second episode, if you like. Yeah, I mean, from, from what I've seen across all the sort of social media and things where, I mean, it's the only way some of our fans can communicate with each other, but, like, they're just saying that he's absolutely, as you say, tenacious, very well-regarded you know, where his heart on his sleeve type player. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where where did he fit? Because obviously that that Peter Sillett side. I mean, what where did he slot in? Was he just um just middle of the park, um uh, sort of general? Yeah, he, or he, what was, he was what you call an old fashioned midfield player. I mean, I think uh, there's a few of our fans can remember the the the, uh, the formation that was played in those days. It was sort of two two uh, full backs, three three half backs, and five forwards. Hmm. And Mickey slotted in in the sort of what we call the midfield, a midfield attacking midfielder, if you like. That was it. That was his sort of player. He did captain the club on a few occasions, and as you said, so rightly said, he, he did wear his heart on his sleeve as a tenacious midfield player. Mm. He was, as I say, quite a tenacious player. And if I can just recall an incident, I can remember it as though it was yesterday yeah. when we were playing against Maidstone mm. uh, in the league. We were in the Southern League Premier Division in those days, in the early eighties. And we were having a, a, a mid-league match against Maidstone in which Mickey Westborough and a guy called Andy Woon, playing for Maidstone, ended up in a punch-up. <laughs> M- Mickey got sent off. How he reached Andy Woon's chin, I don't know. But uh, Mickey got sent off. And I can always remember Peter Sillett's words, because I had to be in the dugout at the time, yeah. in my um, standing physio's role. And that was the only time I ever, ever heard Peter Sillett swear. And as he walked off, Sillett said to him, Westy, you silly little... <laughs> and that's what I remember, and that's the only time I remember Peter lose his, lose his temper. But the irony of it was, the following season, who should Peter sign from Maidstone? Andy Wern. Oh, blimey. So they ended up playing in the same side, which was uh, <laughs> rather strange. Yeah. I mean, did they get on? Oh, yeah, they I'm got on. Right, yeah. yeah, it was just, just one of those um, heat-of-the-moment things um, mm. that did just come to fisty cuffs on the pitch the referee had no option but to send him off yeah well I have heard like there's been a few people that said that he well he did he did have one of the better perms of the period a could perm? it have, yeah could, could it have been a comment about his perm do you reckon that might have uh, the old red mist come down well it, it, it could have been a comment about his perm his shortness of stature 
Thatcher. I, it could have been anything. I don't know what the what the cause of the sending off was. All I know was they ended up that they had a, having a bundle. So uh, <laughs> I can't help you there, I'm afraid. <laughs> Well, t- that, Tom, that, thanks very much for your, your thoughts there. A sad time that he's passed away, but it's nice to get out. You know, that obviously he's, he's well remembered and clearly uh, could look after himself. Oh, he could, yeah. And it's just unfortunate that uh, when he left in, in the mid-80s, when Hastings United folded up in the 80, season 85, that uh, we lost touch. But yeah. um, I did get invited to his son's christening up in uh, Lewisham. So, you know, we was... We was um, more than just sort of uh, footballing buddies, if you like. No, good, good. All right, well, uh, Tom, Tom, uh, well, uh, will I be seeing you at the game, Faversham? Yep. Uh, I don't know about Faversham. It's, uh, it's out of Sussex, isn't it? It, it could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I tend to be a bit of a Jonah when I go away. I've, I went to Haver Tooth and we lost. I've, I've, I don't tend to go away much, but I'm a dead cert home supporter and I always have been. Yeah, no, no, that's great. Well, but, but, and roll on Saturday because that'll be the league tied up. Yeah, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it just? All right, anyway. and Tom. Okay, then. Chris, you take care, chap. Yeah, I will do, and I'll see you uh, week Saturday. See you then, mate. See For you. another party. Yeah, exactly. John's comments were recorded at the Pilot Field before the Haywards Heath game. It was part of the minutes applause for Mickey Westberg. From one Hastings legend to another, Mickey Westberg. West, also known as Westy, after spells at the highest level with Spurs and also at Everton where he played alongside Alan Ball, Cowan Kendall, Joe Royal, Colin Harvey and many other famous names of the times. Hastings United were lucky to have him through most of the 70s and up, in, up to the year 1984. Many fans remember him as one of the best to play for Hastings. Quotes um, and tributes on the Hastings United Facebook page describe him as follows. Inspirational, toughest competitor, role model, last man standing, his head never went down, no one around him went missing. He was an inspiration to his teammates all around him. Also described as one of the most consistent, hard-grafting, tenacious and talented footballers to grace the pilot field. Other quotes include, he was a 100% player who never gave up. In the Billy Bremner mind. Always in the middle of any scrum. An iconic figure. Other quotes, a great man and player, always loyal to the club. Fans favourite, played with a passion, tenacity, and also it was quoted as he had the best player perm. Other comments from fans were that he was such a, a good player, had a net bursting shot. He wasn't tall. But he was a real fighter, and in those days, often literally, he didn't take prisoners. He was a leader, a competitor, and a motivator. My favourite player, along with Malcolm Street, who was a similar type of mentality and as a centre-back. Maybe for those that might not remember Mickey, and those younger fans, if you could imagine the combined qualities of Dixon, Adams, Stone, Pope and O'Mara, that kind of real competitive drive, he wouldn't be beaten. I've got memories of a a grey Saturday afternoon where that kind of fog descends on the pilot field. Um, Barely visible in the foggy haze was Westy in the centre circle, toe-to-toe scrapping with opponents that were a foot taller than him. When the fight ended, he'd carry on, he'd pick up the ball, he'd beat a couple of players and unleash a rocket um, from 40 yards. It was that type of player. Our love and thoughts and gratitude as well go to all Westy's family and friends. And it's fitting to remember him at a time when we'll soon be applauding our own champions because he he truly was a leader and champion 
in claret and blue. And now over to the SBTS Fan Roundtable. And thanks a lot to Andy, Ian, Malcolm, Leon, George, Johnny Wills for making it happen. Is that Leon? Eli. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Malcolm's starting early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get more moaning early, I think. Yeah. What's What's the moan of the week going to be this week, uh, Malcolm? Uh, <clears throat> I'll give you my phone number and we go to Hastings Old Town and we have a good night. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Ring, ring, ring. I think I'll give up about half past two in the morning, I thought he I'll blame the Old Town signal. <laughs> yeah, Just... right. <laughs> did, did you get down there in the end, Malcolm, then? The Old Town, yes. or did you? Yeah? yeah, we got down there in the end, yeah. Oh, lovely. Exactly. Man, I was waiting ages, waiting ages for this to connect. It was like waiting for Lloyd Dawes to be fit again. Come on, then I'm like a coiled spring. A quilled spring or a coiled spring? spring. Yeah, quilled all... spring, posh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, quilled, yeah. Yeah. Right, and it gives me great pleasure to have uh, the chaps back on for the uh, Sussex by the Sea round, round table. Uh, we've got Leon, we've got a returning Ian, we've got obviously Daddy Stone. We've got uh, John Wills and that that magnificent hair, sort of sort of uh, early two thousands Mike Gatting. Um, we've got obviously got George, and we've got the lovely Andy uh, here again. We all thought it was going to be Saturday, and it wasn't, but it's going to be next Saturday. So who wants to start on Hayward Heath and uh, that nil nil draw? Before we start, um, just want yep. to give a big, big shout out. You've probably already done this on your podcast um, and edited it well, but just want to shout out to Adam Carter, um, massive Hastings United fan. He couldn't be there at the weekend. He's not very well. So I just want to wish Adam speedy recovery and hope he can make it Saturday. Um, if not, we'll have, to, we'll have to wheel him there or something to get him to the game Saturday. So, uh, yeah, rest up, Adam. We need old Radio Carter back. We do. We do. Right, so, hey, with Heath. It's quite a stressful game, really. I, I wish we scored. I was trying to beg the ball into the goal, but it wasn't going to happen, was it? A lot of hype, wasn't it? A lot of hype around the occasion. Obviously, record attendance, and it, I, I don't know. In my head, it was always going to be a bit, a bit of a downer. But I mean, like Hayward Teeth, they tur- they had a game plan, didn't they? They turned up to upset the party, and they, they sort of deployed a bit of bit shit house tactics here and there. Yeah, just unfortunately couldn't do it on the day. So it'll all be allowed to do it at Faversham when I probably won't be there. All about me, obviously. <laughs> but that when is every say, week. When you say yeah. record attendance, um, obviously we had 4,050 for Harrogate, didn't we, in the FA Cup? Do you mean uh, record league attendance? It yes. is being quoted as the record league attendance. Yeah. But no, it's being quoted as the record attendance. Oh, isn't he's it? a because finicky getting he. What? What? what, what Pedant's corner. If you want to talk about that, it's 12,000 against Norwich, isn't it? Oh, dear. He's going backward again, right? right. No, John, it's the, it's the record attendance in the Billy Wood era. Um, and the. Is that big with numbers as well? In the last three years, is it? Yeah. Is it, is it like the Premier League? It's like the beginning it's like the of the Premier League. Yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. We, we, had before, we, we had before Agatha and and after Agatha. So yeah. now we've got before Wood and after Wood, have we? So, <laughs> <laughs> these different epochs are being created. As long as he's not Morning Wood. Yep. <laughs> 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 oh, you nicked it. He took oh. it just from me there. <laughs> Not at my age, man. You've got to be quicker than that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yeah, leave it out. Right, George, that's one I owe you. Right. So, right. yeah, about how quick he is. I heard that. You're very effective, aren't you, Chris? Uh, Six, yeah. seven, eight kids. Very good. Don't good. start about kids. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> no. 
I think I think this um, this meandering is fairly illustrative of the um, of the game, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, none of us have got anything to say <laughs> about it. Struggling to latch on to latch on to it. I, th- I think um, yeah, it was it, it. I think it might have been a little bit overhyped, and I think we paid the price for that. I think we probably um, gave Hayward Heath something to spoil, which we which we might have helped ourselves by not giving them something to spoil, but. At the, end, at the end of the day, I mean, that one point was crucial. If they had conceded a goal or something stupid like that and given Ashford the tiniest chink of light or sown the little bit of doubt for us, that might have been... You never know whether anything catastrophic could have happened. But, um, but just getting that point and putting us in a position where... I think I worked it out that we have to lose every game 2-0 and Ashford have to win every game 2-0 now for, for it not to happen. So... <laughs> I think I think that's quite, that's a small hurdle they got over, despite the fact that it wasn't the outright um, championship. So we sort of got through quite a strange day in a, in a lot of ways. You know, three thousand people, all the fuss around it. A few of the players may have suffered from that. I think a little bit. Some of the younger ones. We talked about it afterwards, didn't we, Malcolm? We felt that yeah. some of them struggled with it a bit because it had been made. It, was, it wasn't a do-or-die game, and we sort of turned it into a do-or-die game. And I don't think Gary and the team did. Um, I'll just leave it at that. It, and it wasn't a do-or-die game, and we made it a do-or-die game, which might have been a mistake. Yeah, I mean, the, the really the pressure should have been all on them because they're chasing for points, aren't they, to keep in the yeah. playoffs. And we've we've more or less won it unless we put incredible pressure on ourselves, which we did. And mm-hmm. it's it's always when we get a whopping crowd up there. I think yeah. then it kind of overrides what we do basically well and and puts that <laughs> that kind of um, pressure pressure on. But apart from that, I thought they were one of the best organised sides we've seen there. Tactically, they they looked really sound, and they were going about their task, weren't weren't they? We we had very little open one on ones with the keeper, or, or very few shots actually, didn't we? Um, but I think but they had even less. Jobs, the, let's be fair, yeah. we sort of yeah. boosting boosting yeah. them up, saying they come and did a job and all that, and and making them sound as if they were a lot better than they actually were. They were. In, Defensively, they were quite poor. Mm. Um, Defensively, though, really allowed them to do that, you know. Yeah, they had good press on them, though. I mean, that first half, they they didn't let us have any time on the ball. No. They were always first to the ball. Malcolm's got to be a bit controversial, anyway. He? He's got to, he's got to tell us all what we what we should think. I think it was disappointing that we. <laughs> I don't think I don't see how it would have mattered if we'd have gone if we'd have started like we started previous games and. And and taking it to them a little bit more. I don't. I don't think it would have mattered if we'd done that. I don't. We did. It didn't matter. The game. Yeah, the game didn't matter in a way that we needed to be so cagey. And I think that was that. And then we got we dug ourselves into it. And they were. Everything was so slow. Every throw in. Every time the ball went behind the goal. Everything they did was so yeah, slow. Cynical, we, got sucked, yeah. we got sucked into a situation where the air had been completely taken out of the ground and and it was very difficult to come back from that. I mean, having said that, we did create chances, didn't we? Finn O'Mara had a really good header from a corner that really was, you would have probably seen how, quite, how close that was, I think, you know, um, and Ben had the one-on-one with the keeper, which was the only time the keeper moved faster than a snail's pace, I think, during the whole game. He sort of suddenly turned into a dormitory town version of Usain Bolt for that, having <laughs> just sort of crawled around his area for the rest of the match. Uh, Danny Parrish had a one-on-one, which he took it one step too far, we thought. Um, so we did have a few chances, but you know, we, we didn't get that little bit of luck where one of those, because if one of those had gone in, we'd have probably been okay. So I think they might have struggled to up their game from from where they'd mentally put themselves. So we just didn't get that break for once, but we didn't lose. And, you know, it's only maths that's against us now, you know, and and wild maths at that. So in the bigger in the bigger scheme of things, it's no problem. 
I think you miss you miss Ollie Black's long throw a lot in those kind of situations, don't you? Because you kind of got a, you've got a situation. <laughs> yeah, but you, you you kind of got a situation where they they've got no pressure on them at all because they don't need to play football, and they didn't come to play football. They just came to try and make it as that you know as little football was played as possible, uh, which is sort of their job, and they're happy with a point out of that. If you kind of if you can put pressure on them by you know getting the ball in the box a lot, then maybe something drops for you, but you're you're going to struggle to score in open play in those kind of circumstances, which we did. Um, I mean, I thought they looked a good team. I don't know whether they're a good football team, but they looked a good team of some sort. Um, I thought they were, I thought they were tiring. And I thought it was just, mm. I'm not, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound really bad here, but like Sam Asler, who's been playing very well last few games, just that last 20, 25 minutes, any corner, any think, think he put in was, weren't beating the first man or was, over everyone's heads, and I, th- I thought that was just key. I thought that I thought we'd have them in the last twenty minutes. I just thought they'd knacked themselves out. But that was, that's a very good point, actually. There were two. There was a free kick, bang on the edge yeah. of the box, and followed up by a corner and a couple of corners in short order that we didn't. And when he's taken recently, him taking those Brilliant. corners, you really thought this is where we could have that little bit of luck. And we, mm. and yeah, just for. Just for once in the past four games, he didn't deliver it, did he? And that, uh, um, um, yeah, just yeah, that, that that those little moments. It's just you know, it's a similar sort of thing in a way. In that you know, you got that corner in the last the last minute of, of of injury time, kind of thing, and everybody's kind of going right. This is it. This is the moment. This yeah. is it. This Ooh. is it. This, you know, there's so <laughs> much pressure on that one kick of the ball that uh, you know it, it only takes a human to screw that up and knock it at the first man near post you know look I think I think a lot of this is very very negative I I think when we had two games ago we needed seven points from six games and you think well it might take us perhaps until a couple of games to go to get it and then you know we got kind of five of those points last week with us winning us for drawing they put so much on this game actually looking at the running a point at home to Hayward's Heath is a good point Mm-hmm. And you would you would admire that off as fine. Beat Free Bridges, beat East Grinstead, take a point against Hayward's Heath. Mm. Any any day of the week, we didn't. There's a reason why we haven't scored against them in 180 minutes of football this year. They, you know they they got the second best defence in the league after us by yeah. one goal. Um, and there's a there's a reason for that. <clears throat> they play quite well. Yeah, they did. The, you know we're expecting those sort of tactics. I really don't think the big crowd affected the game as much. At all, I think you know we, we created those chances anyway. They could have they could have gone either side of the post. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they you're right. I think we were yeah. they were they should have more credit for being well organised defensively than than the the thing being that we we didn't perform because I mean it when you think about it that's ten games unbeaten now. What a run-in. What a fantastic run-in that is. You know, you're you're not going to be flying every game, are you? But, but, you know, that is consistency. That wins you the, the title, isn't it? And, you know, it's, it's a reminder that you're doing that in, in, a, in a decent division. I know it's a, I know it's a, you know, the, our, our crowds are vastly higher than everybody else's, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, there are some half-decent teams in that division. And so, sort of approaching Saturday, it kind of felt like it was this kind of coronation event. Uh, you know, we we're going to win it by a mile. It was sort of a reminder on Saturday that actually the division we're winning by a mile has got some decent teams in it. Yeah. And we should, so we should be proud of that. It's an achievement, not just a kind of oh, we've got massive crowds. Of course, we're doing it. And we're I don't think the team. Crum- I don't think the team crumbled under the pressure. I think if if it was that sort of situation, then we would have been disorganised at corners defensively we weren't um, Louis' positioning could have been out if he was feeling the pressure but it wasn't and he made that one-on-one save crucial um, it, I think we we played we played alright things could have gone our way they played very well um, I, I'd back them I'd back them to win the playoffs if they yes, get in well, there well, that's my new um, favourite yeah and, and it's, it's we needed two points from five games and we've got one of them um, we needed seven points in six games, and we got six of those. In the you know, so it's, it's you know it's, it's looking all right. Saturday will be tough. 
Claire Balling's handing it over to us, mate. It, George, it'll be, it'll she's be, handing it'll it over to you. It'll be tough Saturday, and it'll be tough the following Saturday as well. Actually, I had two sort of nicer games, if you like, of the last two. So, like nothing, nothing's done. I just think that that was a massive step towards winning the title. And I felt like, and I said before the game that this potential three thousand crowd or whatever is not really something for the day. It was almost a celebration of what we'd achieved before. So the only reason we got that three thousand is because of the great run that we've been on. And the reward, the reward was the three thousand, rather than the reward being winning the winning the league. Um, I think it's just a huge achievement for the club. We should all be very, very, very happy about it. Mm. Malcolm, uh, where do I start? Um, yeah, the players. Turn lights off. The players didn't, oh, <laughs> oh, there you are. Right <laughs> um, yeah, the, the players didn't crumble, um, but uh, the day played a big part in. Um, how they all felt and that's uh, the players will admit that as well or the players have admitted that uh, for some of them it was the biggest crowd they've played in front of um, and we're in a fortunate situation where the game didn't really matter um, and the I think the experience that they've gained from that um, it's far more important than the three points, to be quite honest. It wasn't their problem or their fault that the, the day was built up. Um, their performances over the season caused that, and outside influences also picked it up because, you know, yeah, we wanted to uh, celebrate with the boys and all that. Um, and it put an even bigger thing on them, the fact that they wanted to do it at home in front of a big crowd. And, yeah, it played a a big part in some of them boys really and but they learned from it and yeah we we've luckily we've got three games left and and Saturday have been completely different purely from what they've learned this week yeah it was all in all it was a point gained I think than uh than two points lost you know it was um so yeah we we quite comfortably do it I think it's um you know, I don't uh, like to say think Ashford are, are hanging on to anything at the moment. They were, they were gutted. The players were obviously extremely gutted. You know, they were in front of a big crowd. They wanted to do it at home. Um, you know, and as the players, some of the players will admit it, it affected them. But they learned from it. You know, it's it's great. That's what, you know, football's all about is learning and, and getting better for the next time. And you're a bit, they'll be far readier when we get 6,000 in that round, you know. So it's uh, some of the noise at points when the singing was going on was unbelievable. Yeah, how loud yeah. it was. Um, it yeah. was fantastic. And yeah. I've never been in that position, you know, I've never been in, in front, played in front of 3,000 and all that. And I know, I know a couple of boys out there when I spoke to them and when Craig spoke to them, that they, they couldn't feel their legs. You know, and and then, so how does that happen? You know, that you you're a footballer, you go out there to entertain. That's your job, if you like. You know, but it's pressure. You know, pressure of the day and a big crowd and what's expected mm. of you. And yeah, it just couldn't do it. I saw, um, I saw Gary a few times saying to TC, "Just hit the channels. Just hit the channels." And that wasn't a tactical thing. That was because he was getting caught on the ball because he, his legs were doing things that he didn't want him to do. So Gary was just saying like, when, when you're in that position, just kick it as far as you can in the channel and let your body get used to the environment that you're in and then grow into the game. And, um, but unfortunately you make one mistake, two comes along very quickly, three, four, and then you, you just, you know, you, you're putting more and more pressure on yourself. Um, but that's something you learn through experience, age, and playing in them sort of games more and more. So, um, that, just, just a quick ask, Leon, what's the biggest crowd you've played in front of? Um, about 25. <laughs> was it all, of, all of Icklesham turned up for that. <laughs> I must have been a fight then. <laughs> was it a dog walking? Convention or something. Yeah, like that. Probably, no, it was gra- Granny's walking day or so. Day Thanks out. to Granny's. Yeah, from the flower show. Yeah, well, uh, the Icklesham Barmy Army are renowned, aren't they? I played in front of them. You can't, you can't hear yourself hey. think, can you? 
you can't. I personally, I I thought for me the winner of the whole day was was the ground. I think when you when you looked around and saw it, it fall to that capacity, and then on top of that, although because of the PA system, no one heard, but there was there was tributes. That's what the round of applause was about. Tributes to two fantastic um, Hastings United legends. And um, it just kind of brought all the history together and then the big crowd and the occasion and the success of, of um, the team this, this season. It, it, it was just quite an emotional experience, I thought. It did look fantastic. And I read the weather and everything like that. And, and it was, um, yeah, certainly... You know, it was a fantastic day from that point of view. So, like we said, I, mean, I think we've I think we've all come to very similar conclusions that the game was a drag in some ways, but that point puts us in such a position. And and there was that day, and probably quite a few of those people will come back as well. So you know, so it's once people have come through that gate once, they they see that, and they'll they'll quite you know a, a large proportion of those will want to come again. I'm I'm a Watford fan of forty odd years standing, and I'm so I'm sort of a bit uncomfortable with success. I kind of find that I I don't quite know what to do with it. Sort of like if you bump into a famous person in the street, and you don't really know what to say to them. That's sort of how I feel about success. And so so I was gra- I kind of enjoyed the day, but I was greatly reassured by the fairly awful football match in the middle of it. It's kind of like felt I felt at home with it. So um. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it as a day. Mm. Many of us who who are quite long in the tooth had have had have had off the record conversations about some. Um, we just know how football goes, so yeah. it, it certainly didn't surprise us. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, next season we'll probably be in Hayward's Heath shoes on a couple of occasions and be really happy for a a mm. scrappy nil nil draw away from home where as little of, as possible is played on the grass kind of thing. So, you know, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> and we might get a few games like that at home as well, yeah. Well, where much better coached, better drilled teams yeah. turn up. And um, I think what Malcolm's saying about Tom getting getting trapped in his corner, that, that was part of that. Some of the, they're all, you know, with their high defensive line and, and I'm sure they targeted him a bit. He quite often found himself... Um, two on one and that with that where they all where they were they were looking for the ball and and also he had the problem of having a very good winger up against him as well which pushed him back as well which is not not something he's been used to the past few games though those wingers they had were their best outlets and they did cause some problems so so you know that that's the football isn't it you've got 11 people on the other side trying to stop you doing what you're doing sometimes we forget that I guess yeah. When they've been doing so well, you do forget about the other 11 blokes who are trying to stop them doing it. And sometimes they manage it. It was bloody freezing in the main stand. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely freezing. And then you went it serves the you up for being in the main stand. Spring. Yeah, there you go, Ian. What's that? It serves you up for being in the main stand. Well, I was, I'm, I'm only, I, I don't commit to either either one. I kind of, I'd use the first half. You're a floater. Are you a floater? Yeah, I'm a floater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must have been in the main stand floater. for the first half and then somewhere else in the sun for the second half. Yeah. We went and sat up. Yeah. They, the Johnny come late is barging into our seats. But um, we'd got. I didn't go down well. I spoke to you before the game. You were not happy, were you? <laughs> I'm still, I'm still adamant that you know I'd pay an extra thirty quid a year to actually to have a seat nominated. You know, but Billy Wood hasn't snatched my arm off yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we sat up on the benches at the back, and um, and that was out of the wind a little bit. Mm. It so, wasn't you know. the Labour councillors that were sitting in your seats, was it? Because there was quite a few of them turned up. Uh, oh, were there? Oh, well, there you go. Mm. On the bandwagon. Never. They'd never <laughs> jump on a bandwagon, would they? They'll do anything for free, champagne. <laughs> uh, yeah. how, how did you feel? I, I thought about this yesterday, actually, Chris. How did you feel about the cake stand? <laughs> I, I, I expected you to be sort of staging some sort of anti-gentrification <laughs> protest in front of it. <laughs> I, I think I was I was hardly awake as it was. Um, so um, no. I, I tell you what, I, I bought a piece of brownie from from it, 
If you'd had a piece of brownie from it, you would have been awake for the second half. Uh-huh. It had more calories in it than I think I'd normally consume in an entire month. That's us. What sort of brownie? Yeah, hash brownie. I don't, I didn't <laughs> say it has ca- cannabis in it. <laughs> or calories. Yeah, okay, can- I don't know. Well, I'll I'll Amsterdam's really finest. Left them in the yeah. bar. <laughs> They're still in there. No, was that, was that the was that the little brown paper bag you were carrying, Malcolm? Was that was that a cake shop purchase? Yeah, I'll put it down on the floor, and that's where <laughs> it still is. <laughs> oh well, someone got lucky. Yeah, must mention quickly. Uh, Walk and talk men's mental health. Uh, Haywards Heath Lee from who's a Haywards Heath fan walked from Haywards Heath to Hastings overnight. Him and a few others. Um, all, all in walk and talk men's mental health for a good cause. Um, he, I was supposed to go along with him, but I was on night shifts. He, I, I was going to make him breakfast, cup of tea, but he, he didn't get, get into Hastings till about half past one in the afternoon. So I needed to sleep. So uh, yeah, so I didn't do him a cup of tea. How come you? How come you're calling out people? You know people like that. I I walked all the way from the top of Downs Road to get to the match. <laughs> I was knackered. Okay. Yeah. And I came on the bus. All right. Okay. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. I, I got moved from the train and um, because it had broken down or whatever, and we were stuck at Rye for an hour and a half. In, as that was, just left us out in, in Rye, so I might as well have walked to the to and from the game yeah. from Folkestone. It would have got would have got home quicker. Mm. So. Yeah. Did, did so, you yeah. get anywhere with your complaint, by the way, George? It's, it's ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, not good enough, really. Um, yeah, it's quite bad, really. If you, you, we could have allowed everyone to wait on the wait on the train while they called us taxis. This is half eleven at night. Oh, we've taken God. off the train, and um, we were there outside Rye Station until one in the morning, waiting for a taxi. Jeez. So it's quite it's quite bad. And there was a, a young girl on our own as well. It's quite bad, really, to do that. So. Oh yeah, and some garden crutches. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. Some are usually all right. So yeah, so I could have yeah I could have walked as well. They usually get a bus, the coach out quite quickly, don't mm. they? No, they rang. They said, "Oh, we've rung you a taxi," and then half an hour later, I pressed the button on the platform, and they're like, "Yeah, the uh, taxis haven't confirmed that they're coming yet." <laughs> Thanks, uh, yeah, we haven't. Thank yeah, you. we haven't rung them. Yeah, basically, is what so, that usually means. Yeah, exactly. So I said, right, I'm going to break into the cafe then, make everyone a cup of tea. So I left them some messages saying, can you come around and fix the windows in the morning? Um, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, bear mad. But yeah, anyway, it, that, even that didn't spoil what was a wonderful day out of the football. Yeah. Um, one of the best, if not the best day of the season on Saturday. It was, I, I thought it was really that good. I had such a good time, even though it was nil-nil. And great fun in the clubhouse afterwards again. Got a fantastic picture of... Uh, Jack Dixon racing Kev Towner around the clubhouse on mobility scooters. Absolutely wonderful <laughs> sight. And just the togetherness, the togetherness between the, the you know the fans and the players is is like nothing else at this level or any other level really. Feels such a great thing to be a part of. Can't wait for Saturday. No, it's going to be great. I stayed behind for the first time. I'd stay behind actually. I thought yeah, we really we really enjoyed the hour and a half. We were there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really good. So, yeah. What was the band like? I was by. I was up oh, by. Um, the other well, <laughs> don't worry. Oh, this is Wendy's mates now. Wendy's mates. Be nice. Uh, yeah. Well, nice. he's. It was like somebody. It was. It was with. Um. I don't know. With apologies to Craig, um, Malcolm. It was the, the lead singer was like a walrus with a sore tusk. <laughs> Honestly, it was just like someone or someone had trodden on his. It just. Uh, well, they they murdered. Absolutely murdered some of what my apologies. Some of Craig, my... I don't. Yeah, what's Craig's not a walrus? No, it was Apolo- a tooth... apologies for it was me tooth... for boring him. Probably it was a toothpaste joke. Uh, was... Oh god, yeah. Right. Oh okay. We're not quick enough for you. You can always uh, cut it. You can always cut it out. Yeah, I'll... yeah he it's too was good um... for me that one. <laughs> he, he was a walrus with a sore tooth. He, it, yeah, they destroyed many of my teenage favourites. I think such they... as. Um, they did um, Ever Fallen in Love by the Buzzcocks. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'm sure Pete Shelley, bless him, has only just stopped spinning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, but I did see my first ever at my inaugural Pete's Heritage did um, up the junction oh, nice as a karaoke style number. So I sort of broke was my it as beautiful? Was it as beautiful as we can imagine it? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he did his bit. It was something to, it was that we were having a shout over it, really. So it's a bit of a shame. Mm. Okay. Anyone else yeah, about think, the club, 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 clubhouse? I think I left the clubhouse about 10 o'clock Saturday night. So I had quite a good time, as you might imagine. Just, just brilliant in there. It's brilliant now. It's good to see so many people. Usually it's, it can get quite empty soon after the game. So I think the band really did their job and it was something for people to stay for. And uh, a few more people stayed. It was, it was good fun. Yeah, I have to apologise to Malcolm for letting him down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to give him a tour of Hastings and yeah. stood him up. Yeah. Why was that? You were just pissed or what was it? Yeah, pissed, basically. Yeah, I think I said, oh, come down. I was talking about the Nelson one. I said, I'll oh, come down to the Nelson, come down yeah. to the Decent Nelson. Decent jukebox and the Nelson. Um, I think I, I think I tried putting my, num- my number in his phone and... Yeah, yeah, just I hope it was your number because I rang it about 50 times. <laughs> I was saying the last time was about 2.30 uh, in the morning, I think. Oh, I was tucked up in bed by then. I got I was, I'm quite early. I was at work. I'm sick of this. Oh, Are you like, having in. a good time? I remember we, I ended up in the um, in the black market and um, I was chewing um, Ben Cornelius's ear off. He was in there and was just probably chatting shit to him for ages. And, <laughs> I got I got into work this morning. Um, one of my mates there. He said, "How oh, did you, you feel yesterday?" I said, oh, "I was, I felt it was a bit of a state." And he said, "Yeah." He looked at it, and I was like, "What?" I bumped into you. And he said, "Yeah." He was like standing in the middle of spoons, basically, with, like near enough a full pint of Guinness. And he said, "Bloody hell, mate! You look like you should go." And I was like, "Yeah, all right." Then I'm going. Put down my glass and walk straight up that hill. Headed home. So, yeah. Anyway, good jukebox in the Nelson. We move on. Haywood Teeth. Feels feels some um, super six. I've absolutely nosedived for like the last month. I thought we'd win four 0 on Saturday. I've, I'm 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 in relegation form, Leon. I've picked up. I've picked up some points at the weekend. Yeah, I, Windy yeah. got fourteen points. I got one. Still still chasing the playoffs. Yeah, I'm just, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. As is Malcolm. That we're going to move on to Faversham. So me, it's a done deal. We're winning. Claire Balding is going to hand the trophy over to Craig Stone. Fun fact, if we do if we do win the league, then the trophy will be presented on the 16th. Not, That's not, the VCD not, game, isn't it? Yeah, not on the final games, because apparently the reason in it is there's other games in the Isthmian leagues that are very tight and will definitely go to the last game. So the, the league board won't want to be there. So um, I think they're hoping that we'll wrap it up Saturday. That's very handy because VCD, uh, the supporters club, are doing a special day. Uh, we've been delayed because, unfortunately, about Adam's Adam Carter's illness. There's going to be mascots. Um, we're hoping to have a band there. We're hoping to, to, to do a lot of things on that day. And if it's also combined with us getting the league, being presented with the league title, then that's even better. So... Um, Watch this space. There will be stuff advertised, hopefully, in the next few days. Nipping back on that, is that what's official it'll be presented on the 16th? That's what, well, that's what Dane said it, so that's that's good enough Good enough for me. I think. But yeah, that's what yeah. he seemed to think. So, yeah, the reasoning seems pretty sound. Yeah, it usually is next home game anyway, isn't it, after you win the win the league. So, um, but yeah, that's what, that's what Dane was expecting. But we've got to do it Saturday first. Nothing's won yet. Mm. Nothing's nothing's won. Who said that? Who said nothing's won? Nothing's won yet. I said it. Nothing's right, won. Oh. This is him. I remember. I remember being at that game, uh, George, where you, you you showed a lack of faith. Be strong, yeah. bro. Be strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the manager we had at the time showed a lack of faith as well. <laughs> so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't I wasn't too off the mark. But no, no, yeah. we, it's, it's nothing. No, nothing. Nothing's won. We need we need another point. Simple yep. as that. We We're gonna get point. it. We're gonna get that other point. Um, yeah. yeah, we we do. I'm, I'm confident, but yeah, we haven't done it yet. So I can't see Faversham beating us, and that's what they've got to do. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. And Ashford Ash will win as well, sadly, because they got they're in Lansing. Mm. So um, yeah, yeah, it's got to get. We're going to go and win. We're going to go and win Saturday because it's 
I want um, you to explain, George, Claire Balding. I keep mentioning Claire Balding, and I'm just forgetting that other people might not know who Claire Balding is. Can you explain who Claire Balding I is? I've already explained this on the. I've already explained this on the podcast this week. Basically, they had this year. They've all, they had a steward no, who looked like year. Claire. Go on. This year, they, they had a um, steward who looked like Claire Balding, and um, basically, she was a miserable twat um, towards anything that we wanted to do. So, but she did look like Claire Balding. Okay, so let's just add: we weren't allowed the drum. Weren't allowed the drum, weren't allowed to sing. Sing. She was trying to stop us to sing. Not not offensive chanting. No, just to sing. That's how officious she was. So I can't wait to celebrate with Claire Balding. Was that Faversham last year then? Yeah, it was Faversham last year. Um, yeah, was it was it the season before, George? Because we got the, obviously got cancelled, didn't we? I think it was just it was it was last season. Yeah, it was last season. Yeah. Yeah. Did, he have, did he have somebody from Famisham on just before? Have I got that wrong, Chris? I, I not interview somebody who's charming and lovely and said, "Yeah, you'll be fabulously welcome." I, oh, I, you did. Famisham. Yeah, you did actually. Yeah, you did. Did I? All um, oh, right. Actually, yeah, There's been sixty-four always, of them, so I can't remember. It's, it's always whenever you interview someone and they say the welcome's going to be good, it's not. Whenever they say their fans are lovely, right. they're not. That's at Ashford from Middlesex. Every, you keep battering every, me with that every time, Famisham. All of the time, all the time. The old coked up Ashford chairman, wasn't it? Jember. Oh yeah. To fight everyone, Jember. Jesus Christ! Oh God. Every yeah. every time yeah. you interview someone. It's not every time. Stop it. Okay. I'm actually wait. I'm actually waiting for a story to come out about this bloke who walked from Hayward Heath and he's like set fire to every village on the way because <laughs> you've interviewed him. There seem to be in the amenability of the podcast interview is always in inverse proportion to the behaviour of the club on the day. That, that does exactly. seem to Hen in vain will be cancelled next week because he'll, he'll have done something because you've spoken to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did anyone see? I uh, did. Um, uh, Leon, you were chatting with Henning uh, Saturday, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I spoke to him for a couple of minutes. Yeah. How, yeah. Hang on. How drunk were you? Um, well, I remember talking to him, so I couldn't oh, have been okay. that, so that far. Out. No, he's just, yeah, yeah. Because obviously we're best mates. Oh, of course. I yeah. like literally <laughs> spoke spoke to him because I like deliver mail to him. I spoke to him twice, but I make out to everyone that we're best mates. Oh, that's good. But no, no, I just asked him because I, I asked him how um, when he chatted to you on the podcast, he said he'd just done Tunbridge Wells, didn't he? But that, apparently that's quite notorious for comics to have an absolute shit time. Like apparently the, the crowd is shit and stuck up. So I asked him like, when he said, no, it went fine. So obviously he's a good enough comic to put up with a tough Tunbridge Wells crowd. Well, it's all your lot up there, isn't it? You know, goats uh, led to <laughs> the ones that haven't quite made it. Yeah. <laughs> made it past the Kent, the Kent Sussex border. And, and uh, uh, Andy, you went along and what see him in Margate, didn't you? I did, yes. Froze to death in Margate. The disappointing thing was that, yeah, the Winter Gardens, beautiful theatre, Bit like, like I said, to Lee's, bit like Folkestone Lee's Cliff Hall, beautiful theatre built into the cliffside and just left to go to rack and ruin. So the PA was shit, and the and the um, that it was so cold, people sitting there in coats and gloves. So it was a um, so, so it was a so it was a tough crowd to work, <laughs> tough crowd to work with, like sort of working with working with the forces in the Antarctic, I imagine. But it's um. Yeah, he was. It, it, you know, it was. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. And he mentioned a Hastings. He did mention Hastings. Yeah, he did okay. mention that he was going to the pilot field the next day. There you go. That's and, he. Uh, that's that's your question, John, about it mentioning Hastings. And he, yeah, he yeah, did talk about. Um, he did. He obviously talked about his relocation to Hastings and and that sort of thing. Although he missed out his um, his um, jibe at Margate that he did on the podcast. Funnily enough, he missed that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for him to go to Ashford, play in Ashford. Yeah. Oh, no fans. <laughs> yeah. But, um, right, anyway, so Fabersham. Everyone's got to go. Everyone's got to turn mm. up. Don't miss it. Yep. That's I can't be there. So no, if all okay. goes well, thinking past the Faversham game, is it how good would a uh, would seeing Ashford in the playoff final be against Hyde or something? I mean against um Hayward's Heath. Be tempting to go support the other team, isn't it? If you've got enough time on your hands. Mm. John, I'm Ashford your it. second team. I know. 
every 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 time we're on here, he has to mention something about Ash. Who me? Like the designer outlet or something like it. Or... <laughs> yeah, it, it, their kit reminds me of Icklesham's. So, <laughs> kind of it. here we go. It's John's third team. Guys, how you saying other teams? Just while we're talking about other teams and playoffs, what does everyone reckon on what's going on at Ramsgate? What's it all about? The, mm, the it's a weird one because he's so involved with the whole club. Yeah. From the kids set up to the community side of it, like all those community stuff that they've been running, which is, looks excellent. He's behind that. All the youth development, he's behind yeah. that. I can, um, I can, I can tell you, I've spoke to him, yeah, and I spoke <laughs> to him today. And he just said to me, football's a funny old game. That's all he would say. And I'm like, okay, because I'm not going to like pester him. But he did say all the best to Hastings. And he says that you fans are magnificent and the club is run really well. You can see there's a, a good... So I think maybe there's something, because he kept going on about the the nature of the club and that the, there's a real togetherness there. So Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, um, George, to butt in there, mate. I'm sorry. No, it's right. It's it's, um, it's a mad. And same with Hayward Teeth, isn't it? They, they sat their manager. So... It's, it's very strange. And I thought that was really odd at the time to sat the, the Hayward's Heath manager. Um, obviously, the, you know, they still look still look good, but they look good before they sat him. It's very, very odd. Very strange. Yeah. It is is a weird game. It is weird. I, I, if, if Ramsgate have forced him out, that is shocking, isn't it, really? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they do a ton of stuff at Ramsgate. They yeah. really do. They, they, they go above and beyond... And who knows? I mean, they they weren't doing their, they weren't doing so well, were they? Last few games, and people panic, don't they? They make there's other people available as well. You suppose, you know, obviously, you know. Well, yeah, they got... made that appointment very quickly. So it's Steve Lovell, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, same with yeah. Seven Oaks. Are with um... oh, they got someone else in at Remsco yeah. already? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Steve Lovell, Steve Lovell, massive appointment. So yeah. that doesn't that takes time to get someone of that calibre. That takes some time. So that was clearly, obviously, already in mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pure, Saints, pure, where was Steve Lovell? Was he a sitting ball? Yeah, he's well, he, he sitting played ball for us, didn't he? Steve, Steve Lovell's played for us, he, didn't he? Didn't he manage town as well? He played for town, he managed for United. Town. Oh, that was it, yeah. He, played he managed United after we, um, we got relegated from the Southern Prem. You remember yeah. all that, everyone left, all those players left. And then, like, to be fair, like he did a really good job with like, the resources he did. Sort of kept us out of, um, we sort of threat of, you know, getting relegated to County League, and he did a good job, sort of mostly with ex Gillingham youth youth teamers, really. But yeah, and he's obviously gone on yeah. to bigger and better. Well, he was caretaker Pal- at Gillingham, wasn't he? Crystal Palace player, wasn't he? But he's been at he's been at loads of loads of teams. Like he's a, he's the teams that he's been in management at: Sittingbourne, Gravesend, us, Sittingbourne again, Ashford. Gillingham, Bromley, Gillingham again, Welling, Gillingham again, and now at Ramsgate. Well, you might be just doing them a favour and tidying it over until next season. You don't know, do you? Possible, yeah. Who so knows? It just, it just feels like the Seven Oaks one where they got got rid of the manager and then they said they had 41 applicants or something that they had to go through and then the next morning they announced yeah. a new manager. <laughs> yeah. so, honestly, the Seven Oaks town should be, they should be running the, they should be running the country the amount they can get through interviews. <laughs> I mean, you try and start a job in public service now, it takes you ages, it takes you months. But Seven yeah. Oaks Town, get a job tomorrow. So There you go. Right. They can still go down. Yeah, they can. Right. Are we done on Faversham? Yeah. Just looking forward to it. Yeah. Forward It'll to be it. all right. It'll be all right. I Good think, pub crawl, pretty much. Ab- they'll be absolutely fine. If Faversham, is that the one where there's a couple of decent pubs on the on the walk to there? George. Yeah, that, and actually that... we, we went to the ones in between the, the station and the ground last time, that pub called the Elephant Skid, but there's loads in town as well because it's all around the brewery, isn't it? Mm. So, um, yeah, be a good. we'll be up there early. I've got two moans of the week. Yes. <laughs> I uh, don't believe it. The first one, what was what that PA, I didn't hear a word John said all the way through whatever he said, I didn't hear a word of it, and I was sitting... I don't know, 15 yards away from him, where I was sitting in the main stand. Couldn't hear a word, didn't hear one word he said. 
on that PA system about what, and then I stood up applauding and I didn't know what I was applauding for. No, I don't think anyone knew mm. what the applause was for. It's a shame, really. I mean, you think possibly in the main stand it, it'd be audible, but um, yeah, so it's pointless. I got all anxious about sort of saying a bit there about Mickey and and then it, it's gone. And I was thinking as well, because there was a bit read out about uh, Ray Barr as well, who, and his son was there. I went to school with his son. He was a really good footballer. Um, but, but you, you know, it's a shame if the family don't even hear it, you know, and, and like you say, no one knows what they're applauding for, but... I didn't um, remember to shout out to you, John, that we couldn't hear you because it, like, yeah. it was to the, almost to that point. I could see you doing it and I could hear a muffled noise and I thought, do I shout up at him and say, we can't hear a word you're saying, John? Like we, it's Because um, he didn't want you to go all the way through it and nobody hear it. But no, ultimately, no. that's what happened. You went all the way through it and nobody heard a word you said. So I've so, got a bit of it. He's recorded some of it. Your boy did, didn't they? So I'm going to stick that out. I've... I've I've pieced it together. But yeah, I mean it's just a, but, uh, what was PA what system. was nice. What was really nice is um his his son said he he was made to feel so welcome and it was such a fantastic tribute. His dad his dad had played for Arsenal and then in the 50s the 52 he came to Hastings and was a fantastic player here. And um he he was just overwhelmed by the the whole thing. He he as so his son who i spoke to um andy he he played at the pilot field he played a a very good standard um and so he hadn't been back here for ages but he he says he's he's got the bug now and he's he's hopefully going to be going to the Faversham game good. and so um i look forward to seeing him there but it's just so so full of praise for the whole um, pilot field thing. When it when was it? Is it Andy? Yeah, that that was Andy, the son yeah. of Ray Bar. I didn't say anything on Ray. No, no, no. But, um, we'll, but I was point Mickey him out Westbrook. to me, and we can we can I can grab him, and I'll record something with him just to get something because this this is this is one of the, the my bugbears. You know, there's all this history, there's all these things that are out there, and yeah, yeah, it it, it, it don't take too much to to either say why you're doing a minute's applause. I mean, everyone should know in the ground why, or at least most, you know, there should be announcements beforehand. There should be announcements on social media. It's not difficult. So that's a little bit shabby, but I'm glad that they, the people that came along, the family, um, enjoyed the actual event. Yeah, I think there's going to be a, a bit put in the in the programme in a couple of weeks' time. So that that would be quite nice, I think. Good, good. Oh, look, hang on. Hang on. It's getting fruity in George's house. <laughs> hang on. Where's that camera? Hello. Hello, Charlotte. <laughs> she didn't know my camera was on. That's amazing. <laughs> anything, anything could have happened, mate. Anything could have happened. She's <laughs> cringing now. No, don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. Oh, come on. I don't want to oh, show Le- it now. Leon's, Leon's lead it, leaned in towards yeah. his Yeah, camera. I have. Come on. <laughs> Fantastic. What's well, it called? Only fans, isn't it? I was only say, fans. Only no, fans. you have to pay for that. I do. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't. Of... I don't pay for my. Um, yeah. Oh no, we're recording oh, our next episode. This is not being the next room, so I won't say too loud. Hang on. What, what's happening at Faversham away, George? We're recording our next episode, so um, ah. yeah. T- turn up, turn up, guys. Turn up. Turn up. Yeah. Is it going to have Claire Balding in it as well? Claire Balding will be joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went. We're winning the league next week. Simple as. Yeah, it's, it's happening. Saturday, it's happening. Fellas, take care. Ooh. Leon, Ian, Andy, Malcolm, John and George. I will be seeing and, you at the and game. Charlotte. And, and Charlotte. And Charlotte. Sorry, darling. And Charlotte. You will be seeing me at the game. I don't care what works say. So, take care. See, See you at Cheers. See you guys. See you guys. That's it for another week, you fans. Only need a point at Faversham. Surely it's this week. Come on and use. As ever, if you want to get in contact with the show or have any suggestions or want to get in on our weekly roundtables, 
that email again is hufcpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter, which is at hufcpodcast. You can get this podcast on all major platforms, be it Google Podcasts, Audible, iTunes, Spotify or Amazon Music. And we have a jam-packed YouTube channel, chock-a-block full of video interviews and episodes from the podcast. Please, please, please give it a look, a comment or a like, but definitely subscribe. It's all free. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host Chris Laverick, hope you have a good week and see you at the game.